Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We are on a Tuesday morning. If it sounds like I'm a little groggy, it's because I literally just woke up. It is Tuesday morning. It is around, what time is it? 6 a.m. And last night, I couldn't do the episode on a Monday night for the simple reason that I was part of the virtual podcast movement. Yes, I have signed on for it. It is an event that is going on for 10 days where podcasters basically comes in and they learn everything they can on how to expand the podcast, how to, you know, ensure that they can get bigger, better, and better. And it's a company that is setting off these events where it focuses on monetization. It focuses on, you know, how to grow your brand. It focuses on how to how to run into a business, how to... You know, see if you can engage with your listeners, engage with your audience. You know, things that podcasters normally do. Considering the fact that we're over 70 episodes long, I just feel that I'm at a point where I'm still doing this for fun. And I love doing it for fun. But now I want to grow and I want to get bigger. But the thing is, I just don't know how. So that's why I'm part of the movement. And I was there last night. We were doing a uh, trivia thing where... If you win, you get a thousand dollars, and for like ad space, and you can monetize with ads and, and things like that. So it's pretty cool prizes. It's pretty cool things to engage with, and if not anything else, you can network. You can network with different people. You can listen to other podcasts, or at least you know try to see if they can listen to yours to see if you can get guests and things like that. So. All in all, it was pretty fun last night. I did have a good time. I learned a lot about, you know, certain trivia questions, and that was pretty fun. But nevertheless, that is what I'm doing for the next 10 days. So if for any reason the schedule changes around a little bit, that's the reason why. So all in all, that's what's happening as of right now. As for today, on this episode of the podcast... We're going to step away from Spider-Man just for a while. I know there were a couple of other rumors that weren't addressed, but at this point, I don't want to continue to beat up a dead horse to a bloody... It's not really a dead horse, but it's more of a, you know, oh my God, this is happening again and again and again. And it's like, "Mm -mm, let's take a little break. A couple of days ago, there was news broke out that Michael B. Jordan, that's right, our Killmonger, it is now setting and producing new comic book films based on Static Shock. That he wants to make more movies. That he wants to diversify the black superhero movies a little bit more. And I think it's a fantastic idea. For one thing, it's not shoved down our throats. But just like Black Panther, just like Blade, and just like all these other black superhero films. It gives a way of showing more representation. And I think doing it now with everything that's been going on this year is probably more important than ever. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And, speaking of Blade, we are just, how many, 12 days? I would say 11 or 12 days until Halloween. That's exciting. 11 days, because today is the 20th. 
11 days until Halloween. So I'm going to give you my top 5 comic book horror movies to watch over and over if you want to leading up to Halloween. I know it's 11 days so it should be 11 but I'm going to keep it to 5. You know my personal favorites. All that plus our super villain quote of the day. But first like we always do about this time let's get our shout outs out of the way shall we? And oh boy, you know me full well. You know that I love me some MMA. I love me some UFC. This Saturday night at UFC 254, we got the reigning, defending, undisputed champion from Dagestan. Habib Nurmagomedov, the lightweight champion, the 155, 28-0, unbeaten, undefeated. Doing what he does best, grinding you and fucking pushing you against the fence. Doing what he always does. The eagle has landed, my friends, the eagle has landed. And he will defend against the highlight himself, my dark horse of the lightweight division, Justin Gaethje. That's right, the same Justin Gaethje that defeated Tony Ferguson in their last bout at UFC 229. It is going to be a slobber knocker. Something's got to give. Now... This is what I'm doing, and I know it's stupid, and I know it's probably the most dumbest thing ever, but guess what? I don't care. I'm rooting for my man, Justin Gaethje. He nailed in the coffin for the Tony Ferguson-Habib fight, so therefore, I have to vote for him. I have to go for him to take down and defeat the streak once and for all. I have bet $500. No odds, no rounds, straight bet. I have betted $500 on Justin Gaethje to beat the streak. I understand it's a stupid bet. I understand it's crazy. And I know some of you are thinking, oh my god, this guy is like flushing $500 down the toilet. No, no, no. I have a strong feeling. I have a strong feeling. I bet $500. Please do not take my bet. Do, if you decide to bet yourself... Do not say, oh my god, I lost because of this guy that I heard on the podcast. He now owes me 500 No. Do not take... It is my personal bet. I am not telling you how to bet. I am not telling you what to do. I am not telling you of anything in that sorts. Nothing. Okay? So don't... If you bet your money, bet smart. Obviously, for me, I'm betting fucking dumb, but I don't care. High risk, high reward. So with that being said... Going on this Saturday night on ESPN Plus, taking place in Abu Dhabi, which means that the prelims will start at 12 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Eastern for the main card. Six fight main card. It is going to be some epic fights. UFC 254, Habib vs. Gaethje. Something's got to give. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into some static shock news from Michael B. Jordan. And that comes up right in a bit. I'm going to spend a little bit of time to go down memory lane just for the hell of it, for the simple reason that I'm very nostalgic. 
I like to look back on certain things. I like to look back on the shows that I watched. I like to look back on the things that actually made me happy. Do you remember Kids WB? Kids WB was one of the greatest blocks that could actually show on Saturday mornings, especially since we were those little kids, 10, 11, maybe 9 years old around that time. If you're the kid that grew up in the 90s like I had, well, born in the 90s, grew up in the early 2000s, and you were just that person that had to make sure that you would be looking forward to a show every single fucking Saturday. School would go through, you would be fucking tired, and all you cared about was waking up at 8 o'clock in the morning with your bowl of cereal, you turn on your television, you don't want to be bothered at all. Your mom would come out of nowhere and be like, okay, uh, let's do something in the afternoon. You're like, no, I want to watch my shows, like that's all we kids cared about. And as a matter of fact, I remember there was an, uh, uh, an epic... Kids WB rap, and I'm sure I should I sing the words. I, I feel like I should sing the words, and maybe I shouldn't sing the words. Really, Kids WB has got the brand new lineup. Here's got a show that gets you right up. First up, Jackie Chan comes to the ground, and brand new Astro Boys in town. Teen Titan drop with the big bleach down. Let me hear you scream, Shaolin Showdown. Next up, Pokemon hit with the zing. Let's see Ricochet rip in the ring. Yu Gi Oh always flips with the bling, and Static Shock hit. <laughs> I butchered so many fucking words. Oh my god, but that's how much nostalgia has affected me. Jesus Christ. By the way, go hit me up in the sh- in the comments if that gives me a thumbs up or go give me an F if I need to do better. I <laughs> You have no idea how many times I tried to find that song on YouTube and for some odd reason that shit is very hard to find. But in any case, what I'm trying to say is These shows that we would watch every Saturday morning, it was the highlight of our day. We didn't really care much about what went on. And one of the main shows that we're going to talk about right now, Static Shock. And I know I've talked about this before in a previous episode from like, I think a couple of months ago or something along those lines, but I just want to revert back into it. See, Static Shock back then was just another show. We didn't really pay attention, considering that we were kids, we didn't really pay attention to the culture or the main diversity issues or the gangs and violence and all the shit that the show was basically hiding behind just to ensure that it would air on the Kids WB Network. In the comics, written by the great Dwayne McGuffin, hopefully if I'm saying that name correctly, if I do that I apologize... Rest in peace to him, by the way. It was basically a comic book show that had a different taste and it was completely different from the shows that we used to watch, especially from Kids WB, but also from DC Comics themselves. Because back then, what was pretty high around the late 90s, early 2000s? That would be Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series. So Static Shock was different. Static Shock, it, it put a different spin in terms of what it was that basically represented not only black superheroes, but the social commentary that was going on behind the scenes. Dwayne McDuffie. There you go. That's the name. I'm sorry. Sorry if I butchered the name. Uh, Dwayne McDuffie. He described the character as this. These are his words. Like any other awkward 15-year-old, Virgil Hawkins worries about pocket money, getting beaten up, and drugs. 
But recently, he's had even more on his mind. Stuff like powers, his secret identity, and drugs. Because when innocents are in danger and Virgil can slip away from class, the geeky youth becomes static, the dashing, adventurous superhero. And Phil Lamar, one of my favorite voice actors of all time, who actually voiced Virgil Hawkins, who actually voiced Static, he had to say about this. Virgil is what I always wanted as a comic book kid growing up. Black Spider-Man. So, just pause it real quick. This was a representation of Spider-Man before Black Spider-Man went onto the scenes back in 2010, 2012. It was right around time Barack Obama got re-elected. So this was Black Spider-Man before Black Spider-Man, but let me continue on with his words. A good comic book story that can make you live it, feel it, and when it does, it resonates on a whole other level. It was so real-world and a textured story removed from the 1930s. We are exhibiting the world. I felt like it was drawn by somebody who lived in a building I could get into. It touched on archetypes as a comic fan that I loved, but also touched on my life as a black man in the real world. So, again, Static Shock was a strong representation of all the underground stuff of what's going on, whether you lived in the ghetto, whether you lived in the projects, whether you lived, you know, in, in times of fear where gangs were surround you and drugs and, you know, you, you were afraid for your life. And me being raised in the projects, grew up in the projects, I can relate to this in many ways because I was basically an introvert my entire life. I understood where a lot of the the crap that was going on in the outside world and the project housings and everything else, and I was afraid for my life. I really was, which is why I stayed indoors most of the time. I remember there was at one point that I came home from work and I got beaten up by two other people in front of my own house. So... I can relate to this in some way. I may not be a black dude, I may not be African American, but I still understand where people like this are coming from. And Static Shock is a perfect representation of that. Back then, in the early 2000s, they didn't really focus much more on, you know, the excess of gun violence and the drug problems and everything else going on because, again, they needed to tone down all of that stuff to make it more kid-friendly. And back then, we didn't really understand the messages that this show was actually showing us on television. We just wanted to be entertained. We just wanted to, you know, watch a show and just have fun with cartoons. You know, we're kids. We, we're dumb. We were dumb as shit. We didn't know anything. So... The fact that Michael B. Jordan is actually producing a Static Shock film, which I'm sure will focus on the gang violence, focus on crime and poverty and the drug problem and the gang problem and all this other stuff that goes on in the undergrounds, whether it's in the projects, the ghetto, or whichever the case may be, I think this is a perfect thing to do for the simple reason that it takes the superhero genre and put it on a completely different level. We saw a little bit of that in the beginning of Black Panther where kids were playing basketball, but if you paid attention to the environment surrounding them, you could tell that it was a rough neighborhood, so to speak. You could tell that, you know, even though it was an MCU film, it was a comic book film, there were little sudden hints, you know, very, very subtle, that... It was a different time during that era. So the fact that Michael B. Jordan is actually producing these films probably might make it a universe in it of itself. 
I think it's brilliant. Is it going to tie into the whole DC Extended Universe or is it going to tie into, you know, the Justice League or anything else like that? I honestly do not know and to be honest, I honestly don't care. I feel like this is a movie, a universe in and of itself that can stand on its own two feet and if the execution is done correctly, if the writing and the directing, whoever is casted as Static, as Virgil Hawkins, whoever can portray the young African American person to its ability and can relate to us in some way, then... I'm all for it. I really am. I feel like this is the perfect time to do that, especially with so much of the bullshit that's been going on in 2020, with all the diversity problems that Marvel is trying to fucking force down our throats. This is completely different. This is completely different because, one, it's organic, and two, it's real. This shit is real, as I said from my personal story and as I said from everything else. This shit is real, and so many people that are still suffering from this till this day, whether you're in New York, L.A., Chicago, all these other cities that have projects in it of themselves, people can relate to this in some way. And even if we're older, even if we're out of the ghetto, or we're out of the projects, or we've moved on from our life, we can still look back then and realize, yeah, back then, it was a rough time. It was tough, and it's still going on. This shit is not you know, it's not going away anytime soon. It's changing, but it's not going away anytime soon. And with all the violence and bullshit and the riots and everything else that's been going on in the real world, ever since what happened with George Floyd and, you know, the, the, the polluting and the, the, the looting and all this other bullshit, I think this is a perfect step for us as people to not only enjoy another black superhero film, but to also resonate with it in some way, shape, or form. So I think this is a brilliant idea. I am all for it. I can't wait to see who's going to get casted. I can't wait to see who's going to direct. I can't wait to see... I, I just can't wait. I can't wait. So shout out to Michael B. Jordan. Kudos to him. I think he's going to do a fantastic, fabulous job producing the films. So... As of this moment, time will tell. Time will tell in terms of what can happen or what will happen. So that's all there is. That's all there is to it. Now moving on to our second piece of news. Since Halloween is literally just around the corner, one more weekend away. 11 days. I love Halloween. Halloween is my favorite holiday of all holidays throughout the year. Some people say Thanksgiving because of family. Some people say Christmas because of the gifts. No, Halloween is where it's at because you get to dress up and represent what you want. And, you know, I I, I know the memes. I get it. I know the memes. Oh, it's that day where certain women gets up, gets to dress slutty for a day. Or, oh, it's the day where certain people or certain kids like to have candy. Or it's the certain days like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Halloween is my favorite. And me being a comic book guy, I love me some comic book horror films. So here are my top five, top five, one, two, three, four, five, top five comic book horror films. Now, when I say horror films, I mean the horror genre. I don't mean horror as in, you know, extremely scary, you know, unless you find some of these elements scary. I don't mean... You know, oh my god, like jump scares and monsters and, you know, shit like that. No, 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 no. I mean, 
horror as in horror elements. So let me be clear about that. So if I say a, a particular name and you're going to be like, that movie is not scary. Yeah. Yeah. I just made my disclaimer. So shut the fuck up. Anyway, there's no in particular order. Here we go. Number one, The Crow. One of my favorite comic book movies of all time. The Crow is pretty much timeless. You know, starring Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee. Rest in peace to them both. The Crow represented a love story that is so strong, so passionate, with dark themes to it. And it it makes you, it it connects you in, in its own way. And I cannot recommend this movie enough. Now, if I have to recommend the sequels... I would go with The City of Angels, even though it's been butchered by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, that Harvey Weinstein. It's been butchered. And I would have to say I do like the third one. I forgot what it's called off the top of my head, but I do like the third one. Not Wicked Prayer. Fuck Wicked Prayer. Wicked Prayer, that's... Tito Ortiz was in that movie. Retired MMA legend. Tito Ortiz was in that film. Why? Why would you do that to yourself? Anyway... If the names comes to mind, then I probably will say what it is. But my top, my two Crow movies would be the first one and City of Angels. So the Crow is my number one. Just paint your face the shadow smile, slipping me away from you. Yep, that one. Second favorite comic book horror film would have to be Thirty Days of Night. Now. I watched this in 2007, and it was a film about vampires, and I could not really understand the grasp of, wait, 30 days of night, there are there are locations where there's no sunlight for 30 days? Yeah, well, guess what? When there's no sunlight, some fucked up shit can happen, you know? And I have to say, Josh Hartnett played brilliantly as the star it's basically set in a lo- in a location in Alaska where the sun does not come up for 30 days. And when that happens, a group of vampires comes in and fucking tears shit up. The practical effects were spot on. It makes you feel fucking scared. The tone is shifted. Even though there are moments where it does drag on a little bit because there's a, a portion of the second act where nothing really happens. It's still horrifying. Like, it's like white-knuckled type of thing. So, 30 Days of Night, that's number two for me. I I would have to say that's number two. As I said, it's no particular order. Number two, 30 Days of Night. Number three, Constantine. Now, Constantine back then, even though it's completely different from the comics and from the show, from what we all know and love from the CW Network, Keanu Reeves as John Constantine, it was a different... It was a different movie. This was in 2005, and it was a different style. It was dark-toned, yes. Mature-themed, yes. But there was something about it that it was so badass, it was so awesome, and you just can't help but be in awe of it. You know what I mean? Like, I I know I'm not explaining myself completely, but I have to say, Constantine... By far, one of my favorite comic book films of all time. Guilty Pleasure, yes. I loved it. I really did. So, Constantine from 2005, 
definitely my way to go with that. Number four would have to be Blade. I said this earlier. Blade from 1998. By the way, I think from memory, it was probably my very first horror film that I've ever seen where I've actually kept my eyes closed the entire time through all the way until the last fight of the film. My mom took me to see the film, and as soon as I saw the vampires in the beginning of the movie, where they were hissing, they were like, shh, that shit, and I was so afraid, I'm like, nope, nope, fuck that, keep my eyes closed the entire time. I literally kept my eyes closed for over an hour and a half until the last fight of the film. Wrap your head around that. that. That was wasted money that my mom made for me, and as soon as we came home, my mom had fangs, because you know some people have like normal grown fangs. I was in, fa- I was afraid of my mom the entire time. I'm like, get, get away from me. I'm, I'm sleeping by myself. Get, get the fuck away from me. I'm, I'm sleeping in the living room. I don't care. So, <laughs> mom, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you remember this quite well. Blade is one of the films, if not the only comic book film, that really made Marvel movies in terms of what it is today. I understand there were other comic book films that came before it. The Batman films, for example, Spawn, and all these other films. But Blade represented not only horror, but action. Just pure badass. And it was starring a guy, Wesley Snipes, that actually took his role very seriously. You know, after The Matrix was successful, the first one, we needed something to go a a step further. And it perfected the world building of vampires completely surrounding it yes it had crazy cgi and yes there were special effects that were a little and just not up to par but you can watch that film blade and still still to this day change almost nothing about it you know the villain deacon frost was not really that menacing but blade was a complete fucking badass i mean How can I say this? It's Passenger 57 versus Vampires. There's no other way around that. It has a great cast. It has a great plot lines. The chemistry between Blade and Whistler was spot on. It was fucking awesome. I was afraid for it back then. Now it's one of my favorites to see now. I do like Blade 2. Not really a fan of Blade Trinity. I blame that on studio interference. I definitely blame that on studio interference. Last but not least, my number five comic book horror film, this one goes to Hellboy. Not the recent one, I'm talking about the 2004 one, the one starring Ron Perlman. Now, if you are a fan of the movie of Hellboy, if you are a fan of demons, if you are a fan of monsters and cool action films, this one is definitely for you. Guillermo del Toro killed it in making this film. Hellboy is one of my favorites, and I highly, highly suggest it. Back then, it was a movie that, you know, again, horror elements, but it was badass nonetheless. And it was funny. I mean, you got this big, you know, figure that is supposed to set destruction on the entire world, and he loves cats. He fucking loves cats. You know, I, I, I liked it. I really did. And Ron Perlman, like I said, I cannot give that that 
actor enough credit. Ron Perlman was awesome as the role. I'm going to rewatch these comic book movies. I'm, I'm going to rewatch them leading up to Halloween. You know, I know it's supposed to be like the 13 days of Halloween. So I'll probably watch one horror movie, maybe three tonight, one after another. And, and I'm going to enjoy myself. I really am. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for supporting. We are increasing our numbers of subscribers, so tell your friends, tell your buddies, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell everyone you know that this comic book podcast is increasing, and hopefully it's getting better and better and better. If you like what you hear, hit me up on Mike Garcia VO or OTC Volume 2, Volume Completely Spelled with the number 2, but you already know that. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, if you want to have a discussion, hit me up. Let's talk. And if you want to be a guest, if you want to be a guest, uh, if you're a fan, if you're a writer, if you're a director, if you want to be a guest on the podcast and if you want to in a way, showcase what you have for everyone else to hear, for everyone else to to listen to, let me know. Let's schedule something. And if you don't want to talk about comic books, if you want to talk about something else, I'm all for it. I am all for it. Even though it is a comic book podcast, guess what? I'm all open. I'm all ears. Before we end this morning off, since it is still early as shit, let's go to our super villain quote of the day. And this one is from Bane. Hope I said that right. Bane. I am not a product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decisions. And my reaction to that is, we are what we are based on the decisions that we make. Yes, things are around us and that surround us on a daily basis. And that it's not, not. And sometimes we can't control things that we wish we can. But we can only do what we can. It's as simple as that. We are what we are based on our decisions. That's all there is to it. Tune in Thursday night where we will talk more of the happenings that goes on in comic book movies and shows. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. Take care. Stay safe. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.